Hey, thanks everyone for joining the FT After Hours podcast. We're back at it again, and I got a special guest with us. But uh, first, I'm your host, Chris Ron Caglione. Uh, our other crazy Canadian up there, Andre Russo, is joining us. Hello, hello. And our guest, one of our great buddies. Uh, can't wait to see him here coming up at Flight Fest. Um, the originator of AirBears.org, Scott Zimmerman. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. How you doing, man? Doing great. Doing really good. Good. It's probably been, I don't know, I'm pushing seven, eight months, I think, since we last talked to you. So uh, I know you uh, hit me up on Messenger and said, hey, man, I got some, some stuff that's been going on, some news, and I'd like to you know come on and talk. I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. So I think first what we'll start, we get a bunch of new listeners all the time, um, and maybe some people out there haven't heard of Air Bears. So, what? Yeah. That's impossible. I know. Everyone it? should know about Air Bears. I totally agree. <laughs> so I think you ought to just uh, kind of dive in and let everybody know what Air Bears is and, and you know what you guys do. Okay, well, Air Bears is basically just like an army of... Volunt- of, of, of RC pilots that are dedicated to volunteering their equipment and their time to helping their communities. Um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, uh, so we got that going for us. And yeah, it's pretty simple. If, if you want to, if you want to be a member of Air Bears, as long as you're 16 years old and you have an airframe capable of taking pictures either in real time or recorded, you just go to airbears.org and you sign up. You, uh, you, you, we, you pay a $25 registration fee. That helps us keep our head above the water because it's basically just me and five other guys running this thing. Uh, and that, that's it. You're on the roster. And if something happens in your neck of the woods and your, your services are needed, we contact you. And if you're available, you go out there and help them. It's as simple as that. So maybe uh, explain a little bit too. Uh, you know, if people want to sign up, but they're not really sure what they're going to be doing. What are what are some of the things, or maybe you could give some examples of what the are the volunteers are going to be doing for Air Bears. Well, you know, that's a. It's, I'm glad you asked that because one of the things that we've recently learned uh, is that when I started Air Bears about about a year and a half ago, I called it Air Bear Search and Rescue um, because uh, I saw this. Um, I saw this news story about a guy who put his quadcopter up and found this elderly man missing for three days, and he found him in like 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, man, we should do that all the, all over the world. That's how Air Bear started. I called it Air Bear Search and Rescue. But what I've come to discover uh, working with the authorities is that Search and Rescue is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, they they are interested in so much, so many more applications from this technology that I hadn't even considered. It's just uh, so we're kind of in the process of rebranding ourselves to be more like uh, Air Bears UAV services or volunteer drone pilots or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to figure that out because search and rescue. There's way way more than that. Yeah, that that's uh, interesting because you know. Uh, 
too, I think a lot of people really first kind of learned about Air Bears um, at Flight Fest, uh, that uh, first time you guys were there. Matter of fact, first time I learned about it, knew anything about it. Chad comes, you know, come over and said, man, you got to check these guys out. And we talked with you a little bit then. So I'm assuming since Flight Test, it's probably really kind of grown quite a bit. Oh, it's exploded. I mean, that's why, as far as I'm concerned, the entire flight test family are honorary air bears because you guys helped us to get where we are right now. Uh, that was where we, um, that, that's where we debuted this idea to the world basically. And, uh, and you guys helped us a lot with that. So thank you very much. Oh yeah, no problem. And anything we can do to try to get, you know, your name or get the air bears out there more. Um, cause what you're doing is, two things you know you're not only helping the community and helping people but it's also kind of putting the rc community in a good light especially now like with all this negative uh media that's going on in the fear-mongering with the 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 so-called drones and i'm using you know my air quotes here of what's going on and what they're kind of doing so to for you guys to kind of turn this around you know and put it into a good light it is phenomenal and i i can't thank you enough for that well, yeah, that's one of Air Bear's priorities is education, and, and, and you're right. You know, the more people find out that this technology can be used to benefit mankind, uh, the, the, you know, the more we'll be able to go have fun and not have people worried about us spying on them and stuff. Yeah, exactly, you know. Um, you know, and I, I have to admit, I kind of feel bad a little bit. Is, uh, I kept wanting, wanting to sign up, and uh, I really didn't have anything that I felt would be good or could add to Air Bears. And, and then I finally ended up getting a Phantom 3, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I want to sign up. But then part of me is like, man, I don't know. You know, I, I feel that that pressure. Like, you know, they're going to call me and maybe I'm not going to be ready or my batteries are not going to be charged or, you know, and then I'm going to get out there. Maybe I'm going to goof up, you know. So I, I, I've been kind of nervous. Like, it's an awesome thing you guys are doing and I want to be part of it. Now, Andre, am I crazy? Like, it, like, would you sign up now or, or do you, would you have that feeling that I do? Like, maybe I don't know if I could do it kind of thing, you know? I'm in the same boat. I haven't signed up either. And it was one of those, well, <laughs> I think it was shortly afterwards. No, this was before that I had the, uh, my runaway quad issue, but it was, it's more of a case. I just, I don't have that vehicle and that, and that platform. Mind you, I'm just sort of getting back into flying FPV again. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, my background and everything, I probably would do it, but yeah, I just uh, I never got around to it for for whatever reason. Actually, Scott, here's here's a good question then. So you, you're you're very quickly approaching your one year uh, since launch, and what kind of numbers are you looking at so far as far as uh, your recruitment? Oh, our our membership's getting close to a thousand. It might even be a little bit more than that. We're averaging about ten to fifteen a month, uh, depending on how much publicity we get. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're slowly, slowly, but surely, you know, climbing in the ranks there. And that, and that's good because the more people we have, the better chance we're going to, you know, make a difference. So what do you say to people like myself and Chris who are, who are legitimately on the fence? Well, I've got great news for you for one, uh, and Andre, you're, you're right. One of the things that's important is you want to, you want to be like 100% uh, confident in your platform. Uh, that that's 
that's very, very important because the last thing you want to do is have like technical issues when you're out in the field and, you know, and you're, and you're trying to get some work done. But on the, on the good side is that there's no obligation when you're part of Air Bears. If you get a call to go help and you're at work or whatever, you, this is volunteer work. You, you just don't go. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't have to. Now, there, then again, there's consequences for that because it, if the authorities have said, you know, hey, come send, come, you know, send some guys out to help us, and you didn't show up, well, there's a pretty good chance that they might not call you the next time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's no obligation. If you don't feel ready, you know, you just don't go. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's a flip side to that. But, um, yeah, the thing is, we're not getting called a whole lot right now. A certain governmental agency is kind of scaring people away from using these things. Uh, but we're, we're, we're working on changing that. And they're mm-hmm. slowly, surely coming around, too. Right. So now, you know, when we briefly talked earlier, uh, you were at uh, a big conference um, and you, you were telling me, you know, you learned a lot of things there. And plus, you guys have been around for, for about a year. So I'm kind of curious, you know, what what is Air Bears learned since, you know, you, you started? Well, we kind of touched on it a little bit a minute ago, and that is search and rescue is just the beginning. Um and, and, I'll, and I'll give you a perfect example. And actually, Chris, this kind of speaks to your little apprehension about the whole stress level about, about doing this. Mm-hmm. Is There's lots of things that we're doing right now that there's no stress whatsoever. It's actually really fun. And one of the examples is we got called by um, a local sheriff's department up here in Minnesota. And they said, hey, could you, uh, could you help us train our horses? And I was like... What? Oh. I'm like, we're drone guys. We're yeah. not cowboys. <laughs> and they're like, no, uh, you know, we need help training our horses. Oh, and he right. goes, yeah, we need to start acclimating our horses to this technology because it's not going away anytime soon. So we're like, well, yeah, um, that's that's easy. We can do that. So, um, yeah, if you go to the Air Bears Facebook page, you can see a little video of our first little horse training. And it was it was fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned a lot about the whole horse, the police horse thing, and they loved us. And, of course, now because of that, we've got more counties that are calling us and asking them to train their horses. So uh, i got to go buy a cowboy hat now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it boots the whole nine yards. No, but really, see, that's the kind of stuff that, I mean, you can go out there and it's, it's no stress. Mm-hmm. You're, you're meeting some great people and you're, you're not challenged as a pilot really. Cause all they want you to do is just kind of just hover and just get the horses used to it. It's a piece of cake, man. Wow. Um, the other thing is too, I know after we talked to you, Wayne and I, we, we had some pretty lengthy conversations about like, uh, especially, you know, where we fly, a lot of the law enforcement will come out, hang out, watch us. We've talked to the guys who are really cool was maybe, you know, after we, we signed up or whatever is, is going down there and talking to those guys and saying, Hey, you know, I know you guys come out and watch us fly, but here, here's a Phantom three and this is what we can do with it. And this, you know, show them the whole thing, you know, kind of maybe give them a little demonstration of everything and see what they think of that. That's exactly how it works, Chris. Um, actually we as hobbyists can do more for them than they can themselves because whenever 
an official entity tries to use a drone, mm-hmm. then the FAA gets on gets involved, and so they have to jump through all the hoops and you know and all that kind of stuff just to use it. And right. they don't if they call us, they don't have to do that. We're just volunteers. Oh, gotcha. We can help them way better and faster than if they try and do it themselves. Plus, mm-hmm. all our guys already know how to fly. That's the main. That's one of the. That's one of the uh, kind of you know, aces in the pocket that we have mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we, as RC enthusiasts, we know how long it takes to get good at flying these things. Mm-hmm. But the people that are getting into it, you know, right off the bat, they don't, they don't realize it. And when I give my presentations to some of these, uh, some of these groups, I tell them, uh, you know, cause we have like a table set out with all the different kind of all the way from like the little, the little tiny toy ones to like an inspire. And I tell them, I'm like, all of these, all of these pretty much use the same brain. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing that's in your smartphone. I said, and then I tell them, now, how many people have had their smartphone not work the way they want to? <laughs> right, right. Everybody's hand goes up. And I'm like, that's the same thing. I'm like, if, if, you know, cause these things are really easy to fly, but they rely heavily on autopilot features. Mm-hmm. And Get one little glitch in that. Now it's up to you to know how to fly it safely and effectively. And if you don't, you could hurt somebody. Right. And that's what we, as air bears and as RC enthusiasts, that's what we have in our under our belt already. We have this piloting skill, and we can really use that to help them. Mm-hmm. So what what do you find? And then actually, if if it's not really search and rescue, or what is your your main thing that you're seeing what they're using us for now i i have uh follow um air bears on facebook a little bit when i get a chance to get in there and i see here recently that uh what's his name garrett uh down in i think he's in texas right that's correct yes um he's doing a lot of stuff with brush fires down there fires are like the that's like the killer app right now mm-hmm. uh Fire, uh, the whole, let's see, Garrett's getting ready to go to the National Fire Department's uh, annual convention thing. He went last year. He's going again this year. But uh-huh. um, I was talking to his uh, to chief, his chief that he works with, uh, Chief Wayne Baker. And he's, the, the word amongst the fire, fire the fireman community is that the drones are the best firefighting tool since the hose. No kidding. Oh, that thing, it's its amazing. And especially if you get that FLIR camera, mm-hmm. that, yep. that, that's a game changer. It's mm-hmm. yeah. its huge, but it's very, very, very expensive. Right. And it's hard to get. I'm actually in the process of trying to get one myself. I have to pass a background check to get it. You got military hardware better, buddy. <laughs> What's that? It's military-grade hardware, so yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, DGI has this like contract where you have to verify the end user. And once I get it, I'm like legally obligated to not sell it or transfer it or, yeah. you know, I can't, you know, I can't even let you look at it or I'll have oh. to kill you. Wow. <laughs> oh, I did I, not know we that. Used to, oh, we used yeah. Your stuff, yeah. The active IR stuff is very, very, it's, cli- a lot of it's, it's touchy hardware. It's serious stuff. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why it's so expensive because you know, other countries make it. They make, you know, thermal imaging cameras, but the United States will not allow them to import it. Hmm. So FLIR, the company FLIR kind of has a lock on the market. 
Wow. Have, yeah, which kind of sucks. Uh, I mean, they do great work, but they're the only ones, so they get to charge whatever they want for it. I did enjoy that uh, passive footage that uh, that that you that your buddy put up uh, when he was tracking the coyotes. That was really exciting to watch. It's amazing. It's amazing what that camera can do. I mean, uh, it nothing can hide from it. Really. No. I mean, if you're if you're unfortunate enough to like fart in front of that camera, good luck <laughs> blaming it on the dog. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> there's no question on who dealt it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> so, in the year that you guys have been going now, basically, ha- have you seen uh, outside of the the optics? Um, you know, where have have you seen any other avenues where technology has started to pick up and make your job easier? You know. Um, I bought the the brand new molded right wing drack, and I yes. bought one just because I thought it was cool and I loved it. And uh, for those of you, maybe you guys want to go back to the my original uh, podcast, but we were we were searching for some really good platforms to help us do our jobs, and we, there wasn't a whole lot available at the time, but. So I'm building this drag and I'm looking at it and I'm like, this thing is all foam. So it floats. And um, one of the recommendations that Chris Click uh, suggests is that you paint it with Plasti Dip, which to those who don't know what that is, that's the stuff that you dip the handles of your pliers and gives a nice little rubber coating. Mm -hmm. That stuff is awesome for Hmm. EPP foam planes. It It puts a rubber skin on the plane. Uh, so it's really strong and it flexes and, um, all the little chambers that are in that plane, they're not watertight, but they're pretty water resistant because of that rubber coating. Mm -hmm. So I've got a plane that floats is water resistant. It's long range. And I can literally stick my arm inside the nose of this thing. It can carry so much gear. Yeah. So I, I, uh. I emailed Chris and I'm telling him, I'm like, you know what? I, I got a feeling that we might be on. I mean, you designed this thing to be a cool plane, but man, uh, this, this is a candidate for well, really his, his initial design rescue. purpose. Wasn't it for like mapping purposes? Right, right. So it's, it's designed a, to carry some pretty decent cameras. Yeah. But when I told him, uh, he, so I'm like, I think you, you might have a winner here. And he's like, I'll tell you what, Scott, he says, I'll send you one. Nice. You, you try it out and prove it in the field, and if it works, that's great. I'm like, dude, you are awesome. <laughs> so, so, uh, so Chris sent us one, and we painted it up all bright orange, and got our logos on it, and we're we're building it up to be a uh, search and rescue platform. So, we've got high hopes for it. Excellent. I could see something like that being like your twin operator, where you have your pilot, and then you've got your your you know down look down looking uh, camera operator. With mm-hmm. a suite of cameras, so yeah, that one sounds like you're gonna have a lot of fun with. Well, not fun, but very, very good application. It's fun because it's a cool plane too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it doesn't well, hurt saving people's lives and it. looking pretty nice doing it. <laughs> and, and we'll have to stick up some. Uh, we'll stick some photos up because I I love the color scheme. You well, I mean, it's origin white. What what what? You can't go wrong with that, and it's huge. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a big plane. You know, we took that plane to uh, the convention in Reno. Um, just, you know, it's a striking airframe and we put it there just to kind of, uh, get some attention and it worked. Uh, I mean, we were on, 
we were on the news, the local news and the radio, and we were the most popular booth at the show. So, uh, yeah, it worked out really, really good. Wow, that is really cool. What if, what are you noticing? I don't know if you can tell. Like, I, I haven't really looked at the form or anything, but I think on when you're signing up, uh, don't you ask the guys like, what are what are you using to fly, or what do you have, or something like that, so so they know or. Yeah, one of uh, that's one of the things that we're currently developing for our new website. Um, <clears throat> we found out that uh, local authorities are really interested in knowing uh, one. If they've got a, if you're going to send a, a, you know, a capable person, mm-hmm. and and what is he flying, and what are its capabilities? Right. So, what we're doing is with our new website because right now we're literally, well, not we, I am. I'm literally doing all this stuff manually. So when a when the authorities call me, I do the searching, I find the guy, and then I call him up or email, and this, that, and the other. Airbears is growing too fast for that. So we've got this really, really great web designer, and he's helping us build a new system, and it's going to be, like, automatic. So what happens is now our authorities get to create an account with us, and once they do, they have uh, our whole member's roster at their disposal, and they can search for the guys that are closest. For example, let's say I've got an issue in Richmond, Virginia. So show me the guys that are within 50, 50 miles of Richmond, Virginia that can stay in the air for two hours and has a FLIR camera. And then, boom, shows them all that. Oh. They said, okay, now show me the guys that have been that no CPR. Boom, mm-hmm. narrows it down even more. And they can pick and choose the guys that will come out and help them. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Yep. So if you... Um kind of curious too if you had uh any kind of negative feedback with uh, anybody at all with this program um you know i'll be honest with you right off the bat uh there was an rc groups article that was done with us Mm -hmm. and somebody mentioned the fact that we were not vetting our membership they're like how do you know that you know these guys are going to be good people Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? I mean, come on. I told him, I'm like, I don't know of a weirdo who's going to, you know, want to stand next to a cop while he's searching for somebody. Right. I was wrong. Really? Totally wrong. I found this out at our, uh, at our convention that we went to. And you know what? Here's the thing. I never thought about something like this. It mm-hmm. never even entered in my mind. Right. But th- that's good because it means I don't think like a psychopath. <laughs> but... It's been proven historically that, um, say, for example, you've got a missing, a missing child, okay? okay? Well, what you don't know is that that child is missing because he's been kidnapped. Well, the kidnapper is to be the first guy to sign up to be part of the search team. Oh, wow. And that, that's messed up. Yeah, no kidding. So they've asked us, they said, what are you doing to ensure that your membership is like valid and on the up and up? And I'm like, I never, you know what? I never thought about that. Right. So that's something that we're going to have to look into is doing some background checks on our members. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not anything we can do right now. Our membership is so large that I'm going to have to hire an outside firm to do it. Um, And I can't afford it right now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but it, I'm almost positive that that is something that's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
<clears throat> do you have a rough idea of like how many members you're up to now? Oh, we're close to a thousand, maybe more. Yeah, we, we average between uh, maybe 13 to 15 a month. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes it gets, you know, it gets, it jumps, you know, and then sometimes it gets quiet, but it's whenever we get some press, I mean, we're getting a lot of members recently be in the, uh, in the Arizona and Nevada area because we were just there and we got on the news, you know, mm-hmm. it's right. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, David with his posts that helped out a lot. So, yeah, that's funny because, um, I talked to you and then I sent him a message and I'm like, Hey, uh, here's the air bear stop, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh man, that's great. And then didn't hear from him for a while. And then later on I talked to him, I go, Hey, did you ever, you know, talk about Scott and the air? He's like, Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. And then that's when the post (laughs) went up and I was like, Oh, there we go. (laughs) My buddy, my buddy Dan talks to David more than I do. He's Dan. He's, uh, he's, he's kind of the fanboy. He's like, Oh my God, I talked to David. Oh my God. (laughs) But, uh, so he asked David, he said, Hey, would you, if we sent you a hat, I mean, we don't we don't ask anybody to sign up. That's not how this works. But, right. um, but we know we gave hats away at flight tests. You know, and we gave David a hat, and we said, "Would you? We gave you a hat. Would you mind just taking a picture of it? You know, it would help us out a lot." And he's like, "Oh yeah, no problem." Oh, and then he put us on the front page of his website and wrote a whole article with links and the whole nine yards. And we're like, "Oh my god!" He went over and above the Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty great. Wow. Hey, originally, when you guys came to uh, Flight Fest, I don't know if I asked you this before or not, but originally, did you guys were kind of, obviously, you're coming because of Air Bears, but is it because, you know, you guys are in the RC uh, community and, you know, or did you just see Flight Fest as just an opportunity for Air Bears? Does, Does that make sense? No, you're right. Uh, all of us, all of uh, the board of directors, and all of us guys here in Minnesota that are running this thing, we've been we've been flight test fans for, I mean, ever since Chad was running it out of his basement, mm-hmm. really. Um, and so um, we didn't get a chance to go to the first one, but the second one, I was talking to the guys. I'm like, you know what? This would be, you know, not only is it be really fun and cool to go to but maybe we can generate some interest because at the time air bears was in its infancy i mean really we still are but i mean we had like you know 10 members at the time uh, so it was kind of like business and pleasure at the same time okay. i didn't get i didn't get to do a whole lot of flying last year because i was manning the booth right and i i told the guys that's not going to happen this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. We say that every year, and it doesn't ever seem to happen. No, I know, but one of the nice things is our, our we have uh, one of our one of our members is helping us you know, uh, bring a big RV, so we'll have a nice place to sleep, and we're going to turn that into our booth. So we'll have like home base won't be so split up like it was last year, and uh, hopefully I get to have more fun. Oh, good. So I didn't realize that Air Bears was that new then last year. So um, you were kind of really just throwing it out there, you know, in in the wind, like you know, to a massive amount of people. Yeah, that was that was our our introduction to the world at Flight Fest. Wow. I mean, it makes sense to us because we are appealing to the RC enthusiast. We're appealing to the hobbyist. Mm-hmm. That's what makes Air Bears special. Uh, and we we thought. 
what better way of doing that at the largest RC event mm-hmm. in the world? That's pretty smart, man. I got <laughs> so to give it to you there. It worked out really good. Yeah. Now, have you guys uh, been out and about to any other bigger events at all? No. We uh, The only event that we've been to recently or actually at all was the with the symposium in Reno. Uh, we were we were asked by the University uh, of Nevada to attend that event, um, and so that's uh, that's what we've been doing. And that's the only thing that we did. We we have to really watch our, our nickels and dimes. Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done here uh, in the background uh, on a on a legal uh, you know legally and stuff. In fact. Uh, now that I think about it, today uh, I got a letter from what is it, the United States Trademark and Patent Office. So Air Bears logo is now trademarked, and that's awesome. Nice. So yeah, we you know we got a, we got business to do, uh, kind of in the background still. So um, I really wanted to go to. Uh, who was it? Uh, the Stone Blue Airlines. I wanted to go to their event, but we just we couldn't do it. So we we uh, like I said, flight test is family, and you guys come first. So we're going to go to that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Excellent. Yeah. Wow. So then, let's talk a little bit then about uh, where you were for this conference, what you were doing there, what's you know what's you guys are proceeding here uh, coming into the future. Yeah, so um, one of the reasons why we went to that event, well, one, we were invited, and two, uh, all of the pros in search and rescue were there. Um, And we went there to listen and Mm. to learn about what's needed uh, from an operational standpoint, from... uh, you know, for like um, standard operations and stuff like that. Mm. You know, we we uh, we're very interested in in helping and not getting in the way, and so that's why we went there. And I got to uh, one of the people who were one of the guys who was there was Gene Robinson. Now, for those of you who don't know who Gene Robinson is, there used there's a uh, an outfit out of Texas called EcuSearch and. Oh yeah, he was, I've heard of him. Yep. Well, he, he's he's the guy. He's the guy who first used a drone in a search and rescue, mm-hmm. and he's the guy that the FAA said you can't do that. Yes, I remember that. And and he challenged the FAA, and he won. So uh, it was a it was an honor to meet him and shake his hand. And you know, Air Bears would not be able to do what we do right now if it wasn't for him. So that was that was a that was a highlight of of, of the event. Um, I also got to I I, uh, I flew Garrett Brill and Chief Wayne Baker from Joshua, Texas. I flew them to that event. Those those two are historical figures, and uh, you know we get to you know I chat with them all the time online, but never got to meet face and face, and that that really makes a difference. Sure. So we got to hang out with them on a on a more personal level, and and so you know it was it was really good. It just so happens that all of us there, all of our birthdays that are in April, so we went out and had a few drinks and and, uh, and, uh, and we uh, celebrated our birthdays nice. <laughs> together. So it was pretty cool. Um, I'll tell you ahead. what that that guy I've never 
would imagine that he'd be as busy as he is flying his Inspire for the services down there. I mean, it's crazy what that guy's been doing lately. Well, yeah, that's because the the technology. I mean, to us as hobbyists, you know, we we've seen this stuff. It's been around for a number of years, so mm-hmm. it's it's not that you know you know crazy wild to us. But that's not true for most of the public. So when these guys see the capabilities and what it can do, like, I mean, to us watching a drone video is like almost boring now, unless the guy's a really good editor, you know, <laughs> right. but to the, to the most people, to most people, they've never seen it before. And just think back to the first time you saw a video from a quadcopter or a plane mm-hmm. and re- remember how your jaw hit the ground. Yeah. That's what these guys are doing right now. They're like, this is amazing. And yeah, it's it's about education. Once they find out about it, then everybody wants to use it. And that's kind of what we're getting now with the whole horse training. They're like, Oh, this is awesome. Can you help us too? And we're like, Yeah, yeah, that's what we're that's what we're here for. Huh. So question then, uh, with your close to a thousand members and what's your breakdown for equipment, like a fixed wing versus multi-rotor, you know, it it runs the gamut really. I mean, there's lots of, there's, there's lots of guys that have several, you know, uh, there are some guys that are, you know, jumping in head first and they're building, you know, totally dedicated search and rescue platforms with spotlights and, night vision and whole nine yards uh and then and then you guys then you got you know guys like you guys with a radian <laughs> believe it or not that works really good yep. <laughs> so we, we uh, had that conversation recently about that yeah. and uh you know just just placing it like you said placing a simple camera you know and uh, you know we, we've been talking myself chris and david we're going on about it wouldn't be great to do some long range uh, you know glider technology you know yeah, it doesn't take much right now. Um, now we are we are starting to like, especially down in Texas where Garrett's doing all that work. Once he got that FLIR camera, and this is where I'm starting to get a little bit concerned, and that is uh, like Chief Baker down there. He's like, this FLIR camera, that's our main camera now. That's what we want to use as the default mm-hmm. because because its capabilities are so enormous. And I was talking to Garrett. I'm like, you know what? That's great. And you're doing you know, fantastic work down there. But I'm worried that, you know, that this is going to be like ne- uh, like a necessity. Like they won't even bother asking us to help unless we have this capability. Uh, so right now we're trying to get uh, an agreement with FLIR to maybe offer our members uh, a uh, discount. Um but there's there's a whole lot of negotiations that have to go into that right now. Uh, but in order to meet that demand, we are we're almost done with it. But we're we're building our FLIR camera. It's a little it's a little lepton lens. Uh, it's the cheapest FLIR camera that you can buy. Um, it doesn't have the enormous capabilities that the FLIR camera does, but it's better than nothing. Right. Um, right. So. Um, we're, we're building that to be a backpack model that can accept many different power, uh, different um, like battery types and different antennas. Uh, and that camera will be available to our entire membership. Um, 
if, if you have a situation um, where it's required, you just let us know and we will ship that to you overnight. Uh, we get it to you as fast as we can. And that, that's the best we can do right now. But uh, we're very dedicated to trying uh, to use that camera was was donated to us. So it, it, it belongs to all of them. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you seeing any of these um, uh, emergency personnel or the fire department or police or whatever, though? Are any of them going, you know what, this is just unbelievable technology. We, we can see how we could use this in almost maybe day-to-day activity or whatever uh, of actually purchasing the equipment or, say, buying an Inspire or, or even a Phantom, you know, being a lot less money. Are any of them actually trying to get the equipment and teach themselves and, and do it, you know, uh, in-house? Yes. Uh, actually, right here in uh, Minnesota, there's a uh, Hennepin County, which is where Minneapolis, one of our main cities here in Minnesota, uh, their county, just they just had it on the news that they bought an Inspire, uh, and they're going to try and use it for search and rescue. But they can't use it yet because the FAA won't let them. Hmm. So they have to they have to go through the whole process of getting the three thirty three right. and the whole nine yards. So um, it's just a it's just a matter of time. I think I honestly think that once uh, we start making more connections with the counties, then they'll say, "Oh, you know, we can go help you. You we don't need the FAA's approval." <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask you that if you could get them to buy the equipment. And then have the volunteer list and say, you know, okay, here's our list. We have the equipment. They give you a call. Hey, we need you here. We need this or whatever. And boom, you just show up. The equipment's there, ready to go, charged up. I would even think it might even be a better that way. You're right because um, you, you, a lot of the stuff that they want is pretty high dollar. Um, but again, what they don't have, they don't have anybody that knows how to fly. Right, right. Air Bears, we already know how to fly. Exactly. So. So yeah, uh, these. Uh, so sometimes it doesn't even matter what you personally own. Sometimes they just need somebody to, to fly their own equipment for them. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we're just it's it's a evol- it's an evolving thing, and uh, just when I think I've got it all figured out, things change, and then they're like, oh, I didn't think of that. So yeah, I would yeah. think that would might almost be the best route to go because you know they're buying the equipment and maintain it and have it chart because. Again, there's one of my little issues that I think, you know, if I'm signed up for Air Bears, that I always got to have that P3 charged up and ready to go. And I could just see, you know, I flew the day before, my batteries are all depleted. I get a call, hey, you know, we need you over here. Bring the fan. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is true. One of the nice thing about the, uh, the higher-end units is they have the... They have the smart batteries. Like I have my 3DR Solo, mm-hmm. and I just I I check my batteries. I just keep them I keep them topped up. Mm-hmm. And if you don't use them, they discharge themselves to a safe level, so you don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah, same yeah, yeah same thing with the P3. They do the same thing, but uh, but even then, there again, you know, you top the battery off. Mine are set for every five days. They go to storage mode. So even then, if you, you know you don't fly it for five days, the battery's in the boom. They're right back down to storage mode. So then you know you're only if you did have to take it out in emergency, you're only going to get probably ten minutes out of it or whatever. Right. But the, but the beauty is is that most of our calls aren't emergencies. Oh, okay. They're not. In fact, uh, our next our next mission is in May 
we, uh, they were going to do, do some more horse training. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, yeah, we meet on the first month. And I said, oh, well, that puts you in April. And they said, oh, well, let's push it out till May. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we haven't, we haven't run into a situation where it was, like, time crucial. That's not to say it won't happen someday, but it's not happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're they're just getting used to the technology. So, um, yeah, there isn't a, not a whole lot of demand for it right now. Have uh, you have you actually been able to get in on like you know uh, you know uh, emergency services exercises and and demonstrate your capabilities? It's amazing. Every time this is the second time I've talked to you guys, and both times it's like you're reading my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing. With this, with the Air Bears, it's and it's, it's like anything else in life. It's about relationships. It's about meeting people, rubbing elbows, shaking hands, and getting to know them. Uh, like I said uh, in my first podcast, there's a lot of people that think that peop- that guys that fly drones are perverts. You know that <laughs> we just want to go spy on people. It, exactly. And when you when you go meet them and they and they get to know you and they learn about the technology and what it can do. And what it can't do, uh, then, then they're more comfortable and they're not so scared of it. And as a result, uh, we've been invited to uh, participate in active search and rescue training put on by the Carver County uh, uh, Sheriff's Department. So the, the pros are going to start teaching us how to do it. Uh, and we're going to share all that information with our membership. So. That's excellent great. excellent so are you going to do a demo in july for us um well if you mean demo like some kind of video presentation or something like that you've got to remember that the all of the footage that an air bear member takes on a mission whether it be like you know a real life event or even training we don't own it we don't own any of that footage it is owned by the authorities okay and they get to decide whether we get to use it or whether they get to keep it. It's up, yeah. it, it's up to them. So to answer your question is I, I don't know yet. I'll have to wait and see if they let us use the footage. But what about doing a lost person's demo or something uh, during the event, during a flight fest? Uh, oh, that's a good Ooh. idea. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. See, again, I'm thinking like Flight Fest this year is going to be a vacation for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought that too. And then and I, and I took on a roll. Um, right, but, right, right. But if you're you wearing know, a it, shirt, you're on the clock, apparently. Oh, yes. yes. But, you know, maybe something like that where you, you know, randomly stick someone else in, into the field somewhere and, you know, and then put up a couple of vehicles and see how long it takes to find something to that effect. But mm-hmm. just, you know, it's like, it really a, needs. It's a great idea. It's we could even, yeah, we could even do a little competition or something, you know, I we know. get uh, maybe quadcopter versus wing or something, you know, or. Right. Yep. A yeah. lunch, little lunchtime demo, guys. Yeah. That's a great idea. I love it. I love it. <laughs> glad we had this talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <Glad> help. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Hmm. I know that um, Peter, last year, he had his FLIR camera on his little, I think it's a Y6 that he made, but he was helping the guys fly, uh, find their uh, yeah. quads in the, in the, in the beans when yeah. they find it. So, Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll help you with that. 
It'd be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. But yeah, it's something to definitely talk about or, or drop Austin line if you come up with a theory and an idea and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to uh, support any initiatives. So let me take a moment and just address to our membership. Uh, I've, I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that are kind of maybe a little bit frustrated with uh, how fast things are moving. Uh, and I, and I apologize for that, but I, I want you guys to know that it's, it's not our fault. <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're doing our best, but unfortunately the, the, uh, the FAA is, like I said, they've been throwing marbles at our feet. Uh, one of the examples is, um, well, first let me, let me state publicly cause not everybody knows about this, but one of the major aspects of air bears and how we operate is a law called the Volunteer Protection Act, and that was passed back in 1997. It's also referred to as a Good Samaritan law. And basically what it says is that if you're, if you're volunteering your time uh, to help somebody or some entity and, you, and, and you're, you're working within your own skill level, that if you happen to make a mistake and hurt somebody or cause a, some injury to, or to a person or property, that you're not liable for it. Uh, and, you know, that was passed for some obvious reasons, to, so people could go out there and, and do the things that we do without having to worry about being sued. Right. Right. So um, in that law, there's an exclusion, and it says that you're covered unless you're operating a motor vehicle or an aircraft. So I was like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But the FAA went and said that anything that flies is an aircraft. Right, right, exactly. So I was like, crap, <laughs> now what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I contacted my state uh, senator's office, and I told him our problem. I'm like, you know, maybe we need to amend this law so that it reads manned aircraft. And it took him about a week, but they called me back, and they said, Scott, he says, I got good news for you. He says, uh, according to uh, our experts here, he says, you are covered under this law. And I'm like, really? And here's the thing is that, man, for the past, like, year, I've been doing nothing but reading legal documents. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a form of torture, and it's not fun. And when I was reading that, and when, I, when it came to motor vehicle or aircraft, I stopped reading. Okay, well, if a couple more paragraphs, it says motor vehicles or aircraft that need um, – a license or registration. Oh, no, insurance or registration. Mm. And so currently we do need registration, mm-hmm. but we don't need insurance. Yeah. So we're still covered. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers here because yes. the way it looks, we might, it's not looking good for us, but right now we're covered and we're doing okay. Good. So that was, that was a big, uh, you know, wipe the sweat from my brow moment. And so we, we went back to work. And then the FAA came out with their registration program. And then, the, and then the online registration, they made you sign a contract saying, I agree to follow these rules. And one of the rules was, I will stay away from emergency situations. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And I'm like, crap, <laughs> here we go again. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I had to, I'm like, so we, we had to suspend our entire, anyone who registered, we had to suspend their account because we don't want anybody going out and getting in trouble if they made a contract with Mm -hmm. the FAA. All right. So then because of the work that the Academy of Model Aeronautics did, 
they got the FAA to admit that that contract thing, what they did, was their clumsy way of trying to educate the public. Uh, and, and it's really, those are, um, those are just guidelines. And that if you're operating as a part of a community-based organization, which Air Bears is, that you don't have to follow them. So now we're back in the green and we're okay. But uh, yeah, things like that make it very difficult for us to do any strategic long-term planning for the future. Uh, it, it, it makes it tough for us, but we're doing the best we can with what we've got. And we really appreciate the patience and understanding from all of our Air Bear members all over the world. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Are, are you running any problems with the like, uh, state-to-state laws, too, at all? With anything, we're, we're, we're keeping an eye on that. Uh, there's there's not much we can do about it right now. Mm. Unfortunately, the states, the, the these legislative bodies that are passing these laws, these guys don't even know what they're doing. I they're, know they're they're preempting federal regulation. Right, right. Uh, and so, it's just going to take a long time and a lot of lawyers to get this all worked out. And in the meantime, we're just going to take the high road and keep doing what we're doing and try and help people. Yeah. I, you know, and too, I think when they're looking, you know, at what you're actually doing and the work involved in helping people out that, you know, they're kind of maybe if there, if there's laws in place or something, they can kind of, eh, you know, turn away or what do they call it, turn the blind eye a little bit, you know, on situations like this, I would think. Well, you know, there is there is room for cooperation. Uh, one of the examples is well, I, I got a I got a call from a citizen here in the Twin Cities, and she asked us to help her find her lost dog. And I said, you know, that's not really something that we do. We only really work with the authorities, you mm-hmm. know, because that that keeps us safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and not only that, but her dog was lost was lost in a state park reserve. Oh, geez. Exactly. So I uh. mean, they're they're banning drone use in in those places all over the nation. Yes. So I I said, you know what? But I said, let me try. Let's just try and see what happens. So uh, I contacted the city council, and um, it took a lot of talking, and, but we did. They gave us approval to conduct a search uh, in a state park and reserve. And to my knowledge, that's the first time in history that that's happened. So that's really, really cool. Now, the bad part is it took the city council almost two and a half weeks. Oh, my gosh to get that approval and yeah. by that by that time the dog owner was like you know what thank you very much for all of your efforts but i'm not i feel bad wasting your time because you know yeah the, the search you know the, the search diameter for an animal that's been gone for two and a half weeks right it's is enormous right so, right but uh but yeah but we made history so that's really good that's really good it just it shows that that cooperation is possible um yeah, it's uh, it's kind of gives you gives you a little bit of hope. There might be a light at the end of the tunnel after all. Wow. Uh, and no other like big problems in other countries. You know, it seems like I don't know on a weekly basis, a uh, uh, a different country's uh, putting in or implementing different drone laws. So I mean, not only do you have to deal with everything here in the states with the FAA, but there's a lot of other stuff going on in other countries too with the drones. 
You're right, and that's and that's something that we have to just pace ourselves on, because like like I tell the guys, I'm like we've got our hands full here in the states, just trying mm-hmm. to keep up with what's happening on a weekly basis. Um, we're uh, I'm going to have to hire some like international lawyers at some mm. point to help me with that. Right. Uh, we've got guys that call us up and they're like, we want to be part of this, but drones are not allowed in our country. And I'm like, you know that I'm sorry to hear that, mm-hmm. man. That's I'm like, but we can't. You know, if you if if you want to sign up, I said I'll send you a shirt, and you can be you can be part of the team. I said, but it's going to take a while until your country, you know, comes around. So yeah. Um, but uh, but th- and then then you've got the, like the guy in Greece. You know, I don't know what Greece's laws are. Uh, we we don't know. We we we're not ready to do that yet. But that guy took it upon himself, and now he's working with them. So. Um, yeah, any, anything's possible. It's just a matter of time. It's about education. Right, exactly. That's I what it's totally about. totally agree. Yep. Yeah. Once they know, then it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, we try to get this uh, fear-mongering out of people from, you know, the news media, which has probably been the absolute worst with everything. Um, oh, you're not kidding. I mean, and, it, and, and, you know, the... And I and I hate I hate to beat them up, but they kind of deserve it. You know, the FAA doesn't help. Uh, no. When we... We were at that event in Reno. There was a member, uh, there was a representative from the FAA there, mm-hmm. and he was giving his presentation, and he started talking about the registration uh, policy that they came out and how successful it was. <laughs> and I stood up, and I said, you know, your registration policy is so successful is because you threatened us. Right. Yeah. I said, a, you, yeah. you threatened us with, like, tens of thousands of dollars in fines and we could possibly be put in jail right i said so that's why it was so so successful exactly and i said i said but i said now the problem that we have is that guys are literally getting shot out of the sky for Mm -hmm. legal operations Mm -hmm. and your administration has said nothing nothing. they've said nothing about it i'm like i know these are aircraft according to you Mm -hmm. i'm like that needs to change yep um, he didn't really have too much to say about I, I that. I bet. Yeah, took we another, took another question pretty quick. Jeez. Yeah, we just had another incident down here. What a few days ago, I think. Another one shot out of the air. I know it. It's it's getting crazy. But right. uh, now, now here's the good news, and I am not about to try and take credit for this in any way, shape, or form. But I believe it was maybe three days ago that the FAA publicly announced that shooting a drone is a federal crime. Hmm. So they finally stood up and said, yeah. yep, that's a, that's a federal offense. You can't do it. Now, whether or not they're going to prosecute, that's another yeah. question. But at, right. least, at least they opened their mouth on the subject. Right. So, yeah, again, keep our fingers crossed. Let's see what happens. But, yeah, it's hard. You know, we can't save people's lives if people are trying to shoot us down. Yeah, I just uh, read somewhere here this week, too, uh, a lot of these hobby shops have noticed um, a significant decrease in sales here since the uh, the FAA is a, did their little announcement here. Like, some shops have even reported up to a 70% uh, loss over these, you know, last few months. Yeah, they're uh, scaring people away from the hobby is what they're doing. Right, right. You know, obviously they said the the car and truck sales are fine and, and even maybe going up a little bit, but anything aircraft-related is just seriously dropped off. 
Yeah, that's it's, that's very unfortunate because you know, like I said before, our our strength is in our membership. Mm-hmm. The, the more people we have, the better chance we we, we can make a difference. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating, but we try and keep our heads up and just uh, stay positive. You know. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just a matter of time. All right, so you know, being out at the conference and, and seeing everything uh, is. Tell me something that you learned out there at the conference. Uh, wow. We, or if, we, even a few things, you know, yeah, that you uh, like, wow, I never realized or thought of that or, you know. Oh, get a load of this. All right. So this is a really cool thing. Um, Gene Robinson. So he gave a presentation and he was talking about um, one of the uh, recent searches. This guy, he, he travels the world. He's hmm. like, he's like. He's like the godfather of drone search and rescue. He is. He really, I mean, he's the man. And he was telling us that on this one, uh, this one situation, it was like major flooding and all the communications were down. They, that communication was resorted to people handing them notes on foot. That was it. There was no telephone. There was no cell phone. There was nothing. Um, but what they found out is that, you know how, like, if you're in, say, a, a cell phone black hole and you try and send a text to your buddy, oh yeah, 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 it'll go into a queue. Your your phone will send it the moment right. it, it gets a signal. So what they started to do is they started sending, putting in text in their phone, and they'd strap it to a quadcopter and send it straight up into the air. <laughs> no kidding. And that's how they were communicating, and it was effective. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this is brand new what we're doing. No one's ever done it before. So there is so much to learn as far as what works and what doesn't, what's effective, what isn't. Um, that's just, that's just one of the things. Uh, it's just, it's really, really cool. You guys got to get yourself some Zeppelins. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I fly I fly a big blimp for the Timberwolves, so I got that under my belt. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you put a little yeah. cell repeater system on it, and you're the, you're everybody's hero. It's not out of the realm of possibility, my friend. It really no. isn't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and there was a lot of companies that were that represented some major breakthroughs in technology as far as mapping goes, and this, that, and the other. Um, a lot of the pros that were there, uh, the professional search and rescue teams, they, they're looking towards the tech companies to help them develop the tools that we need to be more effective. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a, there was a German company there that, that looked, it looked really, really cool. I, I could barely understand what he was saying, but the, the his presentation was, it was really cool. But, uh, yeah, this is only going to get better. Uh, I mean, we're, we're right now we're at the like rubbing two sticks together uh, <laughs> aspect of this whole thing. It's, it's, it's going to get really, really cool and a lot better uh, pretty soon. Uh, so we're, we're very excited about the future. It's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, I, I, I just love what you guys are doing and what you're about. And, you know, I talk to you, then I get all wound up and excited. I'm like, yeah, I got to sign up, you know, give you my money and get signed up. But I, really, I think, you know, I'm going to do it, send in the money, get my shirt, and then, you know, maybe get with Wayne 
and, and actually go down and talk to some of our uh, guys here, local guys, and, and see just see where it goes. Uh, um, again, I know some of the police force are, are really cool, and they come out and watch us, but, you know, I'm still, again, it's a little part of me that's we have kind of such a bad rap, uh, you know, going maybe down to the fire department or something and, and knocking on their door and going, uh, you know, here's a drone. Let me show you what it can do. And, you know, they laugh at me or something, but I don't know, I guess. They won't be laughing long for my friend because uh, Chief Baker, after he met us and he shook his hand, he mm-hmm. shook his hand. We, we got to know him on a personal level, and he made a commitment to Air Bears that he's going to start doing some outreach to other uh, departments. And he's going to say, you know, hey, you should really give these guys some consideration. They mm-hmm. can help you. Yeah. And that's way better coming from him than it is some guy with a plane who likes to fly. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, you know, we they asked uh, they asked me to give a presentation at that convention uh, last week. Uh, unfortunately, I, I found out two days before we left that I was going to be doing it, so I really didn't have anything prepared. But uh, uh, I sometimes, once in a while, I get asked, you know, why did I do this? Uh, you know, why did you start Air Bears? Well, what's in it for you, Scott? And that's a legitimate question. And to be perfectly honest with you, people get into volunteer work for all kinds of reasons. It's a very personal thing. But for me, uh, you know, I do this for the same reason that I donate blood on a regular basis. Um, I think it would be good to die with a smile on my face knowing that I did something good with my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And two, I would like to go across the street to my little park and fly my copters and planes without my neighbors thinking that I'm a pervert and maybe shoot me out of the sky. (laughs) So I think that's a good thing. Yes. Um, so I mean, that's personally, that's my motivation. Uh, we, we all got into this hobby for fun. It's turning out that these, these little machines that we fly for fun stand to really benefit mankind. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're just really, really fun to fly. And, Mm. You know, the more people learn that they're nothing to be afraid of, the more we'll get to do that. Yeah. And speaking of the Air Bears, too, and I'm, I think I probably asked you this maybe on the first time we talked, but and I, I'm trying to remember what if what your answer was, but how did the actual initial idea, like, hit you? Were you laying in bed one night and the light bulb went off, or did you see something? I mean, how did it initially go, oh, my gosh, this is just this is the best idea ever? Yeah, it, it pretty much, well, uh, you, you may remember in the original podcast, you guys were supposed to edit a part from David's thing, <laughs> and you, you, you guys got lazy, you didn't do it. But anyway, uh, yeah, you know, David Vindestal, in one of the first podcast episodes, he was talking about the difference in attitudes on different forums. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And David said, you know, on the flight test forums, he says, we all have Care Bears here. So (laughs) that's where I got the name. Uh, It also kind of works out that, and now I'm kind of going to let everybody know that I'm an old man, but uh, I remember back when CB radio was big. Mm -hmm. And CB radio, for those who don't know, they had their own kind of like lingo. You know, it was like Breaker 1-9, good buddy, and everybody had a, a handle. A handle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, in that lingo, if there was a cop on the side of the road, that was a smoky bear. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and that's where Smokey from Smokey and the Bandit comes from. Right. Because that, that's what CB radio is called cops. Now, if there was a cop in an airplane or a helicopter, they called him a bear in the air. Right. So air bears has kind of a double meaning. And uh, to those in the RC community, I always tell them about David and how he, how he inspired the name. But for those who aren't, I tell them about the whole <laughs> cop thing. So everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what have you been up to, Chris? I mean, I know what Andre's been up to, like every minute of the day. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, surprised that's... Zuckerberg hasn't called you up and like, dude, take a break. <laughs> You're killing us. <laughs> uh, really, not much, Scott. It, the weather just actually this week turned to be halfway decent. It's been so cold, wet either snowy rainy windy nasty it's i feel your pain brother yeah pain so it really hasn't been much um the weather like i said just turning uh uh, right now i'm on the uh mad craze with the mini tricopter because the thing is just an absolute riot yep um but um we got some stuff coming up um, we're, we got some test stuff we're going to be doing, but, uh, got the Tundra finally in the air. So I've been playing around with the Tundra a little bit, which is a phenomenal airplane to just have fun with. Yep. It's pretty big too, isn't it? Uh, not, not overly big. I don't think, I mean, okay. I don't know what you consider big. I've, what's the wingspan, Andre? Isn't it like 50 inches or right around there? Close to that. Yes. Yeah. So it's, you know, it still fits in the car. You don't have to take the wing off. Okay. It, it's that nice size where you can take it out. It fits in the car, but yet it'll handle the weather and the wind, you know, if it isn't, you know, 30 mile an hour gust or anything. Right, right. And, you know, with the big wheels and the power system and everything, it's just one of those you can take anywhere, fly it anywhere with the stole capabilities and just have fun with it. It doesn't do anything bad. Just an overall, a phenomenal airplane. So. That's awesome. You know, yeah. uh, just on a personal level, I think it's great that the flight test guys have got this new like wet, uh, water-resistant foam oh, board. Oh, yes. Yeah. Man, that's huge. Because it last is. year, I brought my favorite flight test plane. It was a vegan. Oh, and yeah. I, I bought the whole de- the, the vinyl decal kit, the same mm-hmm. one that David did, the, the, uh, the black and green camo mm-hmm. and that was my favorite plane but it rained so much oh. it just fell apart did it um, really yeah it's gone I, I walked up to Josh and I was like holding it and like one of my wings is like sagging oh. I was like what can I do and he's like I don't know man I'm sorry wow <laughs> so uh, that's okay I got all the electronics I'm going to build a new one while good, I'm out there good um, I got a funny little story for you then um, okay. David's one of David's original vegans that he built with this sticker kit um, that we flew in the episode hung up at flight test forever. And I always kept looking at him going like, I'm going to take that home one day. I'm going <laughs> to, well, it disappeared and who knows, we didn't know what, really what happened to it. I didn't really ask. It just kind of disappeared. Well, when David was in town here, I think he was inquiring about it because nobody really knew. Well, Josh said, well, they, they have a, um, a huge trailer that just sits in the parking lot and is just stuffed full of like mangled airplanes. I mean, probably 90% of them are just destroyed or parts and pieces. 
And we happened to go out there and open that up and dig through there and found the vegan in there. And it was, it was a little bent up, but we took it out and, and straightened it out and put some carbon fiber uh, rod through it. And then I have it here at the house. That's excellent. So um, I've been wanting now that the weather's getting better is take it out and and fly a little bit. But I was thinking about, especially since David's coming back for flight fest, I I really want to bring it out there and have him fly it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. That would be really, really cool. So, but I'm excited to have it here in my little man cave, just hanging up, you know? Yeah. It's a little piece of history. Yeah. That's cool. It is. So, yep. but yeah, the waterproof foam, uh, it, it's a game changer, man. I mean, the stuff that, uh, you know, the way that's going to change the foam board and, and the, the building and, you know, the scratch building for sure. It's, I can't wait to see some of the stuff coming out. Yeah. I mean, when I, I'm one of these guys that when I build something, I, I try and make it look as cool as I can, you know, and I put so much time and effort mm-hmm. into it. Uh, yeah. To, to know that it's going to be around a lot longer is, right. is huge, really, really huge. Right. That's and it's, great. it's funny, too, because, like, when Josh first came to the guys and was like, hey, I'm going to start making airplanes out of foam board, we are like, you're nuts, dude. It ain't going to happen. You know, and now look. And then same thing. He's like, oh, I'm going to get some waterproof foam board and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And, he, you know, he actually did it again. I give give him a lot of credit because yep. – it's, don't it, don't don't ever don't let anybody else squash your dreams, man. Right. Especially when it comes to this this hobby, this this the sky's the limit. That's yeah. A, I mean, that's a cliche, but it really is the truth. Right. You can dream it up; it'll happen. Yeah. But what really amazes me is I didn't think that they couldn't do it, but I'm thinking waterproof foam board. It's going to be big and heavy, and you know. But for them guys to get it, or it's the same size and same weight of just the original, you know paperback foam board I, was crazy yeah yep have you built any with it yet I, no i actually haven't um I'm, I'm sure i could uh andre's been on me to build a mini arrow <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yeah that yes. looks pretty cool <laughs> so they are fun, uh, ones. I, it would be cool to build one of those and make it fpv because andre's he's on me you know he's chris you got to build one of these and fly it fpv it's just so much fun so <laughs> i think <laughs> it would be what? cool to build one out of the waterproof foam board and, and you know get it out there and go one of the since you mentioned fpv one of the cool things that we learned is that that FLIR camera it has like different they call it color palettes it's like different vision systems and one of them is just a black and white, and it is actually easier to fly FPV with that camera than it is a regular camera, because oh. it's it, the, what you see on your goggles is almost like a CG environment. You can literally see like power lines, and you can yeah. see all this stuff so much clearer than you can a regular camera. Nothing blends. It's it's really really cool. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's very, very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. The other thing, too, I thought my Phantom might be good, too. Um, I actually have a long-range antenna system on mine, so I'm I'm really basically limited to battery life. I can go out as far as, you know, way farther than what my battery will allow me to. Right, right. Yep. So. Yeah, everything has a value. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really... Uh, I'm very interested in seeing what these drone racers can do for us. Uh, you know, I'm imagining like situations where they want to, you know, go check out the interior of a building. 
Oh and yeah. Who, who's better at yeah. that than the drum yeah. racers right now? Yeah. These guys are like the top gun for air bears. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. It's I a, mean, it's they a, could go in places you couldn't even, even put a human being. What I yep. mean, small enough space that you couldn't even fit probably. Yep. And fast yeah. and, and safe. It's safe is the most, most important thing. Right. You don't have to worry about sending in a firefighter to go find out if the building's going to collapse or not. Send in a uh, one of these uh, drone racers. Yeah, <laughs> get in and out, and then they can look at the video and see. Oh, look, that's a broken structure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the so many good things can happen. It's really, really exciting. Uh, another quick question that just popped in my head: Have you seen anything really unusual that you didn't think about, where uh, somebody used a drone or a or a Inspire or something to help out the uh, agencies? Um, yeah, I got two of them. You ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So we one of our members. He's this really really smart guy named Elliot, uh, and. He's he's really into uh, 3D printing, and he's he's got all these little different 3D uh, accessories that could hook up to an Inspire because that's what he's got. Uh, and one of them carries a hazmat card. I didn't know what this was, but it's like a little credit card, and it's got all these little little patches on it. And each patch will react differently to different, like maybe gases or oh, different yeah. or different uh, chemical reactions. Right. It's kind of almost like a high-tech litmus paper. Mm-hmm. So remember back in like your chemistry, chemistry class? Yeah. yeah, litmus paper. You could squirt a little bit of like orange juice on it. It would change color. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, I know this has acid in it. Well, the hazmat, they, they have these cards. And he's made a little attachment on his spire, and he puts a little card in. And now he can, instead of, again, way safer. They don't have to send in a fireman and risk his life to find out that the place is about to explode because he can fly in his inspire bring it out and they can take a look at that hazmat card and go oh my god this place is full of methane gas or whatever or it's you know it's got some bad chemicals in it it's so much safer it's just it's just really really great the work that he's doing uh uh my my hat's off to you elliot you're you're awesome man i'm glad you're on our team uh, we got to meet him out there in Reno, and he's 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 great. He's an awesome guy. Uh, so that what what's the other one? Um, shoot. Oh yeah. Well, they've got these attachments for the Inspire. You know, I, I keep talking about the Inspire, but really, that's the the Inspire is the king right now. It's the yeah, most it's pro- just, right. It's, it's a workhorse. It is. It's yeah. the most proven platform in the field right now. Until something comes out with something better, yeah, the, the Inspire is pretty much it. But um, because of the way that the Inspire's arms actuate, they've got these little uh, accessories that will allow you to drop a payload. And Garrett's been delivering uh, um, flotation devices like life jackets. He's delivering life jackets to people uh, in a moment's notice. He can just fly it out there and he just drops it on them. And it's like, man, that's that's awesome. Yeah. That. That really helps us here, too, in Minnesota, where we have frozen lakes a lot of time. And mm-hmm. when people go through the ice, yep. you just can't send somebody out there to go get them because they'll fall through the ice, too. Yeah, you're right. We can just fly that out there and drop a drop a life vest on them, and that might help them, you know. Right. Might, might, you know, it'll help them. Sure. Another big 
thing that I'd like to mention, and this is not set in stone yet, but if it happens, it would be huge. But I gave a presentation to uh, some search and rescue people here, and uh, one of the people that participated in that was a representative from the Civil Air Patrol. Okay. Now, I don't I don't know if you guys know anything about the Civil yeah. Air Patrol. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't. And for those of you that don't, the Civil Air Patrol pretty much has been doing what Air Bears does for like 70 years, <laughs> except their planes are bigger. Right. That's really the only difference. And the Civil Air Patrol is very interested in incorporating air bears as part of the civil air patrol oh wow buddies let me tell you that is huge Mm -hmm. because the civil air patrol is part of the united states air force and if we get under their wing Mm -hmm. we don't have to worry about the faa ever again (laughs) right that's that's serious yeah fantastic like he told me he says you guys can fill the gaps for us because you know they're they're flying full-scale manned aircraft and they have a hard deck of 500 feet well we get to fly below that so working in cooperation with them it would be a huge game changer yeah so for sure keep it, keeping our fingers crossed on that we'll see where it goes but, uh, wow yeah that would be really really cool wow. well um anything else like you want to throw out there for air bears like maybe what's coming down the pike or anything else uh i don't want to keep flight, you too long but flight fest is coming down the pike we're really looking forward to meeting all of the guys that we saw last year mm-hmm. and some new people uh yeah we're gonna have a lot of fun and we're really looking forward to it good is there anything else like um you know before you guys you know i met you at flight fest i didn't know anything about air bears i didn't even know anything existed like this but what can we do to help you, you know, get that word or spread, you know, your or what you're doing uh, out there to get it in more, you know, people's hands? You know, it's easy. Social media. Social media is the king. That's how people keep in touch with their families and their friends these days. Mm-hmm. So if you see something on our on our Facebook page and you think, wow, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends, tell okay. your family, just get the word out, because maybe somebody that, you know, might know somebody in law enforcement it's, right it's, yeah it's all about getting the word out and letting them know that air bears is out there and we're willing to help them free of charge good awesome um anything else you wanted to add andre or any other questions you had no it was a pleasure as usual scott yeah yeah w- yep I'll, I'll see you on facebook andre <laughs> we got to talk about cars and motorcycles now <laughs> we, we can do that for sure my friend <laughs> okay buddy hey thanks for calling me it was always a good time talking to you guys yeah thanks scott again we appreciate you coming on hanging out with us uh spreading the word and letting us know about air bears and again uh go check out airbears.org uh if you think this is something you want to do sign up send in this 25 bucks the last i looked correct that's correct. And uh, you get an awesome Air Bears uh, shirt in the mail. Yep. And that shirt is exclusive, too. We don't sell that shirt. It's exactly. the only way you can get it. And then you might uh, get a phone call uh, one day from uh, your local law enforcement or something to come out and give them a hand, which I think would be really exciting, honestly. It, it is. It's really, really cool. And and then who knows? Maybe if you get pulled over for speeding, yeah. maybe they'll give you a, a tick. Maybe they'll just give you a warning. <laughs> right, exactly. So everybody out there, thanks for listening, hanging out with us here for a little while. Uh, we had a good time. 
Uh, go check out FT After Hours on YouTube and Instagram and on Twitter. And again, go check out Air Bears at airbears.org. Thank you, Andre, for coming on, hanging out. Not a problem. Thank and, you. Uh, once again, Scott, we will talk to you soon. And okay, can't buddy. wait to see you at Flight Fest. Yep, Flight Fest. We'll see you then. All right. Talk to you okay. later. Bye-bye.